the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson. This is the Liberty Hour, each and every Sunday night. And now, due to uh, some threats and maybe a mild extortion and perhaps a bribe, I have another hour. So we are two hours, baby. Yeah. And um, even when, what is it, it's foosball game? Soup, you can't say it? No. All right, Super Foosball yeah. was on, and now tonight, my favorite of all of the phony baloney things. That oh, yes. Sunday. It is my favorite. It's a, like a four-hour self-aggrandizement. Uh, Make festival. no mistake about it. I love the cleavage. Make no apologies about it. I look for it on the red carpet. Can't help it. I'm a man, baby. So you're done watching by the time it begins. I'm done by the time it's over. But here's the thing. We always, only, ever espouse honesty on this program. Only, ever. And um, this particular Sunday, I had some information that I have to participate in some business that I was on a, well, I, I was made aware of late yesterday. Scrambled to get a ticket for one day to fly down and do some business. You're going to go then, watch Sosa hang from a helicopter? going to go watch Sosa. And uh, I have to go to Florida to work. And I'm coming back on Tuesday because I'm doing the um, Steve Cortez program. Yeah, 5 to 7. 5 to 7 Tuesday night. Then I have some work here, and I'm doing Friday morning. Did you know this with uh, one Amy Jacobson and her latex gloves? Uh, no, I don't keep track of your schedule for you, actually. Thank yeah. God. Yeah, she's uh, obsessed with the corona and wears latex gloves, which well, is good for me. Anybody who has to spend more than an hour or two with you should really consider protective measures. Yeah, not my first time dealing with a blonde str- all right. Draped in, yeah, okay. let's, let's leave that. Uh, <laughs> so I had the request that my guy, Macbeth, get a babysitter, change his entire schedule to come to the studio so that on a Sunday we could record a Sunday night show because my plane leaves at an ungodly time in the morning. Yeah, this is not the standard procedure. for. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a fire, radio fire drill. However, it's an important show, and I think, to just run another show that we did during a foosball game wouldn't be what I'm trying to do and, and the relationship you have with your listening audience to the Liberty Hour, which is not about... I do about, appreciate that about Sean, and I love him for it. Right, because it's not about the rah-rah scheme that I hear from coast-to-coast hosts, where, okay, we're going to take a little bit of socialism, we're going to manage it really, really well, and we're going to put a flag around it and call it populism. Because to me... That's what populism is. Now, there are many, many examples of what populism is. 
it's socialism only with a patriotic twist. That's it. And, you know, I don't have the clips because it just happened. And I, you know how I like to watch TV in my car on my way here. Yeah, we've spoken about this. And I have many, sort of many, an intervention, actually. And, and, and you know what I love about our side? We, we have these arguments within our party of the right policies and the right way to look at, at, at economics and civil liberties and things that affect our everyday through the lens of Americanism versus all of the other countries around the world, which have a lens of a scheme where the very small few called politicians control the lives of many. In this country, it is supposed to be the opposite. Now, over the last hundred years, it's flip-flopped, but we're fighting to get it back. So to me, we have those arguments, and that only takes place on our side. The other side is all in, and that's why it's important to them as they scramble for their preferred fascistic leader. And that's why they're all so very similar. That there really isn't. The only real difference between Biden and Buttigieg is 50 years of corruption, payoffs, and schemes. That's it. It's the same thing. Now, what throws them into a bit of a tizzy is when the -the out-of-the-closet socialist like Bernie Sanders appears, and he says, I don't even like the way you're running socialism. Let's do it in the pure sense, the Soviet way, the Bernie Sanders way. And it grabs a lot of the, a lot of the uh, so-called workers because it touts the same thing populism does, which is that worker party representation. So to me, it is important on our side to fight back the tendencies of the populists to turn into those socialists. And that's what I do. And that gets me a lot of pushback from a lot of Republicans, a lot of Trump supporters, and they send me clips they want me to watch. I get this a lot, Macbeth, whether it's Facebook or Twitter. And uh, I was sent the Bill Maher and Steve Bannon. Yeah. yeah. Who really that. resembles Rosie O'Donnell. And, it, you know, I have to translate that every time he talks. But anyway, aside from my, the way I handle my ADD, the, way, the important thing was the actual interview slash confrontation on the Bill Maher show this Friday. Okay, Because you're going to hear a lot of it this week. And it's going to be cherry-picked and edited so that they, they say, see, Steve Bannon really won that debate and made Barr, or I mean, uh, uh, what's his name? Bill Maher? Bill Maher. When I said Barr, starting to slip into my Joe Biden. Um, really made Bill Maher look stupid and look ridiculous, and this is the way it was sent to me. So I wanted to discuss this with you um, because it's important to understand where the agreeing philosophies are between the populists and the socialists are all the big points, are all the... the Thematic pro- points. Yeah. Exactly. It's all of the, the, the management, the collectivism, those things that we as Americans, it's our obligation to fight against. Yeah, the common theme seems to be that people want to be taken care of. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, you know, that's why these, these repetitive agendas of the socialists are appearing in the quasi-socialist populist Trump White House, and it's freaking me out. Now, I said on a show that I did with you that you mark my words, the next big thing will be family leave. Yes, you actually did say that. And sure enough, it is the big push for Trump now to convince his supporters that it is our obligation. We talked about how that would be the safest play. If you had to find something, as you said, as soon as the impeachment was over, you'd have to find something that 
everybody would be able to do and then just get on with an election. And that was uh, the safe play. And right on cue, Friday yeah. is the big push. For, well, you mentioned in the State of the Union Tuesday, You too. mentioned it in the State of the Union, and it's the big push to get started. And I'm wondering, I agree. Listen, first of all, it is super important that Donald Trump wins the presidency. Make no mistakes about it. Right. I mean, there is no way, and anybody, we should clarify, anybody that would tell you, I would rather Bernie Sanders win to teach Trump a lesson or that spite. We can't afford that. That is ridiculous. And the person you're talking to, I'm sorry, is giving you very, very terrible advice. And they are so filled with their own hatred of a man that they can't see the forest through the trees. And that is the exact wrong thing to do. And that is why people like me, I am going to grin and bear it and vote for Trump, even though I recognize the failures and fo- foibles in right. his policy. Well, we got to fight for something better next time. Because right and, now there's no other option. And you got to do it now during an election year. Yes. Because, see, everyone, you know, the, the pushback I get is shut up. It's an election year. Let's just get him in there, and then he'll no, come to reason. This is the time when people are actually paying attention. This is the time when they need you, and they need to pay attention to you. And this is when these programs. Well, listen, we're here in Chicago. Are you going to sit on your hands? When you see how the infrastructure money is corrupted and wasted? Seriously, is there a Chicagoan out there that thinks there is such a good thing as infrastructure? I or- think there are. I think because people are desensitized. They, they think that every place runs. If somebody grew up here and never lived anywhere else, they would think that this is just how everything works. They wouldn't realize that there are states like North Dakota and Texas and, and you know that, that actually work, that, that, that have a, a decent budget and, and you know they provide the citizens needs and this is payoff to the mob when the infrastructure money comes. yeah i mean yeah. it just Cur- is. curbs aren't crumbling streets get paved and and hey people are able to afford to send their kids to a catholic school if they want we're the morons that are paying for that jane Byrne debacle that is taking twice as long as the english channel that, the, the, the expressway under the english whole channel. downtown thing if you're coming down from the north side on the kennedy that whole downtown thing has been under construction since i was in grade school as a i have never seen any any time that i have driven through there in my life I have never seen it where there were no construction going on. But I am listening to our people here on 560 AM. Our Republicans, our XT party, tell me how great it's going to be as we waste $2 trillion to pay off mafia bribery schemes. And it has to stop. I, I really want this to stop. That's why I am enjoying, to a certain amount, the contention between the White House and the ridiculous socialist Democrats. Can you imagine if they got along? The kind of money we spent... And by the way, Macbeth, before we go to break, this is the kind of discussion where during the conversation between our Rosie O'Donnell slash Steve Bannon and Bill Maher, they agreed we are already on this path and nobody cares about the destruction of the money. We'll be back after this. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. Everybody knows that this is the Liberty Hour, Sunday Oscar night, baby. But we're going to do our thing. We're going to constantly advocate the, the, the need for us to get back to what Americanism is and to try to deviate from the schemes. I know it's an election year, and I know that that's not the format. It's not what people want to do. They want the rah-rah stuff. And listen, I can objectively look at the State of the Union speech. Listen, it was a great speech the at well times. The well-written speech, well-delivered. It was great. 
the ridiculousness. There's a fair amount of trolling, which I appreciated. Yeah, and the ridiculousness of that old codger ripping up the speech. And and well, how about how about I mean, the ridiculousness of of sitting in your seat and refusing to clap for like the even Nancy Pelosi clapped for the president of Venezuela, refusing to clap for that guy, refusing to clap for the Tuskegee Airmen, refusing to clap for a guy with stage four. Wait, I, I, come on, how much how much do you need to publicly show? Your displeasure for someone's personality. See, but I... I what do you need to compromise? Oh, I, first of all, I agree with what you're saying, the premise and the conclusion you came to, but I love when people show you who they are. So I love when they do that stuff to prove that What's they so are they are what they, they claim we are. And, and that's what that proves. They're so jaded by their agenda that they cannot see the issues, the problems, or the solutions right in front of them. So that's why, it, you know, listen, it was a great speech. And the key things that Donald Trump does for me in particular, even when I disagree tremendously with his policies of his, his economic policies, that's really where I have my biggest disagreement with him. Unfortunately, that's what hampers us. What brings down a nation is the debt and the spending and the ridiculousness. Especially of, one in our position. And the ridiculousness of policies, right? And that, that's what leads us into wars and to conflicts. And that what is, that's what creates the divides among the citizens. So that's where and I fight. And it's not just those but, issues that do, but it's the intervention, right? It's trying to fix, it's trying to manage a system that needs to operate on chaos, that needs to operate, that needs to self-regulate, that needs to self-adjust. You can't do that over and over and over and over again. You see it with the New Deal. Yeah, you don't uh, fix the problems. You make them worse. War on poverty, yeah. you know. Band-aids on bullet holes. But that being said, what we're facing is insanity. And what we're facing is a massive destruction of not just our wealth, and but of our opportunity for generations behind us. If one of these particular socialists that are in the running get in, or if anybody who shares the ideology of these, um, these, these Marxists in white uh, posing as congresswomen during the State of the Union that didn't stand, that were disrespectful, or that were howling. And I don't know, what were they yelling? Third trimester? What were they doing with the three? What does anybody know what that means? I have no idea. Yeah, I try to pay as little attention three, to and, as possible. You know, I, it brings me back to when Barack Obama's first State of the Union, when he was selling us the nonsense of Obamacare, and it was Joe Wilson who yelled, you lie. Yeah. And they freaked out. You lie! Yeah, that, that, well, that was, uh, it, you know, it's interesting to to see the, the double standards in, in behavior and the double standards in decorum. But my fear isn't what we face, because like I said, I like when they expose themselves. My problem is I'm hearing from certain Republicans that feel the way I do maybe about uh, the wrong-headedness of populism that wanna, are, are advocating for a spite vote for the socialists. And I, I, I don't know how you could do that. It's like the Illinoisans who, who rightfully identified Roscom as a failure, as a puppet, as a, a corporatist fraud, and then went and voted for Kasten. No, no, no. The answer is just don't go. If you can't wrap your head around supporting who you know is the opposite of what everything you oppose, but you don't agree with them on every specific issue, on the specificity of every policy, then you just write not good enough. Yeah, or when personal issues are getting in the way of you making decisions and talking about policy. I got people tweeting me, and they're like, just, just go, come out and admit it. You'd rather have Bernie in than Trump. No, you morons. You've never listened to the show. That person can't have listened to oh, the show. Oh, I get to, you should see the emails. And, the, right. and, the, and this is the part of 
compartmentalize people. This is the part of the of, of, of are, am I the only one recognizing the agreement between Bernie Sanders and and a lot of Trump's policies of the control of everything, rather than the recognition of everything that they've put in place so far and just eliminate it. Obamacare is the what they're all running on. Every Democrat is running on Obamacare's failure with the absolute guarantee to make it worse, and the Republicans want in on it. When you're talking about family leave, when you're talking about uh, extortion of, of price fixing of pharmaceuticals rather than destroying the barriers that create those massive monopolies, you're not really in opposition. You just want in on the scam. Or, or you want it light because it's light and heavy. With, with Trump, it's light. With Sanders, it's heavy. Yeah. Yes. One will bankrupt you faster. Yes. One will, the other will be more entertaining throughout the process. It's true. I mean, it's essentially. Might as well take the laughs. I'll take the laughs. And, and you know, as you see the Romneys of the Republican Party, as you see the, the, the people who are, say that they're conservatives and they say that they're against collectivism and socialism say, we'll just put the socialist in, you realize maybe we are just running into a brick wall and that there isn't a need by Republicans to really fix problems, that they do, for intensive purposes, want to just control them, and that they like the collectivism and they like the control of, of government. Because nobody, and from what I can see anyway, they're not advocating for the hands-off approach to our economy. Because if you want to pay off our debt, brother, you've got to release the real economy and stop promoting this phony nonsense well that's you know politicians aren't in the business of fixing problems they're in the business of pointing out and yelling about problems and then getting you to worry about those problems then telling somebody that, telling you that somebody else who happens to be the person they're running against is the reason for your problems and that person needs to be done away with and also ignored for history carvel gets into this not this specific point uh, yeah. but he was on msnbc or something yeah. and, and carvel got into this and he said you know People are sick of the parties. I'm going to play devil's advocate here for, for okay, Bernie sure, Sanders being the nominee. A lot of people sure. compare him to Jeremy Corbyn. I say he might be closer to Lopez Obrador in Mexico, somebody who manages yeah. to get into power because the existing parties have so disappointed everybody. People are disgusted yeah. with Democrats. They don't trust Republicans. They go for Bernie. Do you think that is a path to victory if he makes that argument? Why do, why do I think people are disgusted with Democrats? We had the highest turnout in 2018 since women were granted the right to vote. We had the biggest margin. We ran a smart campaign and it worked all right it mm -hmm. matters who the candidate is it matters what a party chooses to talk about i mean i'm 75 years old why am i here doing this because i am scared to death that's why and we got to get, get let's get relevant here people for sure now he's not coming out and saying it but he's coming out and saying if bernie sanders is your candidate trump is your president and 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 the reality is he's 100 percent right thank god thank god Trump's going to win, in my opinion. That's an old school pragmatist. That's somebody who's not going. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's let's hop on whatever the latest thing is and try to. And you know what he reveals to you? Yeah. The Democrats on policy cannot argue with Trump because his policies are Democrat orientated. There isn't there isn't conservatism on any level other than to reestablish traditional verbiage. Yeah, he's basically just removed some of the downside. Which. Listen, and if that's the best we can do, that's the best we can do. But to me, that doesn't mean people who are capitalists, Let's people who it believe in liberty, be, yeah. should roll over no. and do this my president stuff.
and I, 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 I'm amazed at the willingness of Republicans to not talk about the waste, fraud, and abuse in our money. I mean, Macbeth, this is what we fight for. You got little kids. I, my kids are teenagers. But what's going to happen? We, we feel sorry for each other. That's you know, what you look what the Democrats show you. The failure of Obamacare does what to their position? Strengthens it. Because they're now advocating for a, a harder turn to government control. And so much so, the socialist is the winner. Yeah. Now, we can pretend that Buttigieg, Buttigieg whatever, won the yeah, Iowa Buttigieg, caucus. Judge. But it's only because his biggest backer developed the, the app. I mean, it's, it's almost Biden-like, and it's scam. It's great. Yeah. But the reality is I'm more concerned of the overarching picture of what that tells you. It is us and socialists. So if I have to uh, uh, accept socialism wrapped in, or populism based in socialism, I'm going to push back against it. And you know what I like about Trump? He just may change the idea. Because he's going to come out on the State of the Union. He's going to sell this nonsense manufacturing, which is a lie. It's a lie. Subsidized. It's going to sell subsidies to the farmers. That doesn't make it conservative. That doesn't make it capitalist. And that doesn't give you liberty. We'll be back after this. Call Sean now at 312-642-5600. I'll tell you, Sunday's the best day to catch the way in which the media is going to look at the developments of last week and the issues for next week. Sunday's a big day. So I, um, I love having a Sunday show. And I love it because it gives us time to review the Sunday shows, the news shows. Chris Wallace, I'll listen to, I'll also listen to, um, it's almost like he was a Chicago Democrat, the guy from uh, Stephanopoulos from this week. Oh, yeah. I mean, he just he just looks like he would be perfect in the Chicago Mafia. He's the right size to be Rahm Emanuel's stunt double. Well, the, the Democrat Mafia in Chicago, it's, he, he'd be perfect. So I like to hear their spin. And um, today, you know what they had in common? Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders did um, Fox News, and he did Stephanopoulos. Bernie Sanders did CNN. He's all over the place. He's not afraid of making a fool of himself. But you know what he is? He's confident because he's been pitching this for 60 years. Oh, yeah. He's got it down. He's got it down, and he is showing. It's like John Candy in uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And he is showing to me the reasons we have to win, brother, because he is an iron-fisted socialist, and his, his... the girl that he sends out to get voters is this AOC. Right? So when you went to the commercial break, I pull up my hotair.com, which is my screen-saving news site. Good site. Can I just read this to you? I, you're no. AOC, let me shoot you some knowledge from famed economist Milton Keynes. Now, what she means to say is Maynard Keynes. Yeah, I know. John Maynard Keynes. Yeah. I kind of figured that. And she kind of mixed up Milton Friedman, which she ain't going to like anything he has to say. Maybe if she actually listened. And and then she's going to pretend, like Paul Krugman does, that Keynes 
would be all in for the type of government-funded economy we have today or that she and Bernie Sanders want to do tomorrow. And this is really kind of, you know, I kind of feel, and I don't like John Maynard Keynes. I thought he was a scumbag, not just because he liked, uh, uh, did you know how he died? No. Oh. Let's just say it was with a minor. Yeah. Yeah. Who like, just in happened a, to, like in a mine getting coal? Who happened to be in the Boy Scouts, and he was a scumbag. Oh, that kind of mine. And he would travel the country to do this. He was a real bad dude. Oh, right. But he was a mathematician. He started out as a mathematician, not an economist, ironically enough. And it wasn't until he failed at trading stocks, lost his family's fortune, that he decided, you know, capitalism doesn't work. Trade underwear. The game is rigged. Yeah. So we need the government to take control of things. And, you know... I'm going to tell a little story. I was going to save it. He's ahead of his time. I was going to save it for Tuesday, but I'm going to tell it to you now. Years ago, when our own Dan Proft was on another show, I never listened to talk radio. I never called. I started calling in, and it was during the Barack Obama when he was running. And um, obviously, as a, as a capitalist and somebody who loves America and loves it for its guarantee, its covenant with the citizens, I don't like Democrats, and I specifically don't like socialists. Right? So I knew what Barack Obama was, not just because he's from the Olinsky light era of Chicago, communist capital of America, but because he, what he stood for. And I would call and it would get some popularity. So I was invited, and I don't want to say any names, but I was invited to a Republican thing. This was in 2008. And it was by some top people, some people you'd recognize their names in the news. And I went to this little event. And these are people that normally, Macbeth, I probably wouldn't be invited into the room, but only because of my relationship with the radio and fact that uh, Dan Proft had my number, I was invited to this. So I that went. That describes 50% of the population. So I went, and it was at this meeting that I realized something. These people believe themselves to be, in, they be, to be smarter than everyone. They believe themselves to be, it is, their op, it is their goal more than just to make money, but it is their, their determination to control policies yeah. so that people are steered in directions. To be influential. And it's a contempt for people that even if I don't agree with you, I don't have contempt for you. I don't want to take over your life right. and build a Rube Goldberg mechanism so you can't explore your freedom, right. that you have to go my way. Yeah, fill government bureaucracy with catch-22s. And, yeah. and I was reminded of the Fabians. And do you have that Bloomberg clip? Yeah. Do you mind hitting it? I'm going to have you stop it. Well, good, because we've only got a minute 20 here. If you think about it, we, the intelligentsia, people who could make it into this room, um, we believe in a lot of things in terms of equality and protecting individual rights that make no sense to the vast bulk of people. They're not opposed to you having some rights. But there's a fundamental disconnect between us believing the rights of the individual come first and the general belief around the world, I think it's fair to say, that the rights of society comes first. So do you see what he's doing? Yeah. It's the intelligentsia. See, it's, it's the obligation of the intelligentsia to control the morons who believe themselves to have civil liberties and rights. And I'm going to tell you something. It's no coincidence that this guy flips back and forth between the Republicans and Democrats. This is how they look at us. And yes, even some in the Trump administration that want to add a tax so it, it, to prevent you from having a choice. This is what we fight against.
This is what your obligation is to reject. We'll be back after this. See you in Ukraine soon. You're listening to The Liberty Hour with Sean Thompson. Get on the line with Sean by calling 312-642-5600. So the moral of this story is fight your biggest enemy, right? You're in a barroom fight. You knock out the toughest guy first. Then you can maybe get to your car by working over the other sallies, right? That's how we do it. So the toughest guy we have to beat first is the Democrat Party. Luckily for us, they beat themselves. <laughs> Not just because they're cartoon characters, but because they're obvious in their inability to win and to beat Donald Trump. As I go down the litany of the top echelon of the Democrat Party, which I almost can't get out with a straight face, these cartoon characters. Right. I mean, if you take a look at them, they don't look like people you'd even let at a family party. I'm, I mean, some of us are related to kooks, right? Some. Everybody's got the Bernie Sanders guy in their family. Everybody's got the Pete Buttigieg in the family. Not everybody has the Michael Bloomberg in the Mike family. Mike Bloomberg. You're fortunate you and unfortunate if you do. I mean, all he's missing is a little vest, one of those bellhop hats, and Toto under his arm to be a flying monkey. I'll, he is the ugliest human being ever. I'll bet that guy owns at least one version of all three of those things. <laughs> I think you might be right. I think so. It's just unbelievable to me. And the reality is the only reason anyone doesn't say shut up and sit down is because he has $70 billion or whatever the hell he's got. Yeah, to bring people back, we were, we were listening to a clip where Michael Bloomberg was just telling us about how stupid we were and how much our individual rights should really be seated at and what I believe is he was revealing to you and to, the, to everybody how both politicians, how, how both parties think of you. Yes. And that's a telling sign. But none is more, more determined to advocate and to take control like the Democrat Party. Trump can do it yeah. through ticky tack taxation. Which is why Bloomberg became a Democrat now. Right. Yeah. But you never forget... This guy was welcomed with open arms oh, yeah. and was a big staple in the Republican Party for a, a great number of years. Well, he was a successor to Giuliani in New York. That's right. You know, who was Mr. Mayor. But he After ran a as he a was. conservative. But yeah. this is what I want to tell you. Well, and he's trying to tax you out of your soft drinks. And... The, the, I use the Fabian Society. Yeah. And I use it correctly. Fabians aren't Democrat or Republicans. They're self described intelligentsia who have the obligation to take control of the poor, stupid, undeserving of their own right public. Right. This is what we're combating. So it is extremely important. We identify it and beat it, even when it's in the Republican Party. But for this year, especially what they've shown us is all they need to strip us of our liberty, to strip us of our wealth, are more issues. Yeah. The real threat is the Democrats have more issues than the Republicans. Yeah. And that is why they attack us on the, on the nonsense green energy fraud. They make no bones about it. As you listen to Bernie Sanders, as you listen to Putin, just put a name up, Elizabeth Warren, all of them. Yeah. You are alive in this country and you are guilty. So you will pay because yeah. you are a problem, not a solution. You make carbon dioxide every time you breathe. Right. Yeah. And, and who gets the money that they extort and steal from you? 
anyone who shares their ideology and is a part of their agenda, which is why there is no oversight. There are no minimums. There is no production demand on anybody who is a recipient of green energy money. Yeah. And it's just, listen to me. We're straying a little here. I was trying to get back to the Bloomberg, but but Bloomberg, this is his main issue, dude. He well, says guns. it during the state of the... Go ahead, play the rest of the clip. They're not opposed to you having some rights, but there's a Sorry. fundamental disconnect between us believing the rights of the individual come first and the general belief around the world, I think it's fair to say, that the rights of society comes first. And it, so right um, yeah. I don't yeah, know how many of you familiar exactly. with the... Uh, the bathroom issue in, in, in the United States. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you you, you want to know, he doesn't even know what he's talking If you're in a room of people who have agreed to be called the intelligentsia, <laughs> you should never hear a line like, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, because I mean, you're kind of proving yourself wrong, but go ahead, let the idiot talk. Salesman, give him the job of going to the Midwest and picking a town and selling to that town the concept that some man wearing a dress should be in the locker room with their daughter. If you can sell that, you can sell anything. I mean, they just look at you and they say, what on earth are you talking about? And you say, well, this person identifies his or her gender as different than what's on their birth certificate. And they say, what, what do you mean? Think about what he's really saying, though. Yeah. You don't have the right, and your daughter doesn't have the right. To question something that, that's uprooting. Society has yeah. the right to infringe it on you. Yes. And that is the philosophy and the arrogance and the confidence of every two-bit third-world hellhole dictator. Right. And this son of a gun, if he isn't the nominee, he's damn well going to be funding him. And that's what they all have in common. Now, could I take the cheap shot and say so does Trump? Yes. But the real fear of it is this guy because he's talking to his, his people. And that's, I'm going to tell you right now, that's what we're beating. That's what you have to run against. Yeah. I mean, it, whenever you have somebody saying, um, essentially, we're going to impose this on you, and then if you complain, we're going to make the complaints illegal, that's usually a bad sign. Even the aspect of we have to sell it. If I have to sell you something, I'm the only one trying to not sell you anything. I want you to embrace your freedom, embrace your liberty. This is the only country we have a chance of getting it back. We don't have it anymore, but we can get it back. And maybe Donald Trump is the one to do it. But you better start squawking about it during an election year. We'll be back after this. No one in Washington is listening. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson. An AM 560, the answer. To me, this is where we reestablish the philosophy of America's talk radio. It's important to me. That's why I don't like rah-rah. I don't like cheerleader. I don't like pom-poms. Yeah. Because if I wanted to, I got the legs for that stuff, kid. You better believe it. But to me... Why'd you want to, though? It seems so unfulfilling. You know, I had a guy come in this cigar store. And he listens to the show. And by the way, I'm always flattered when someone comes to the store and he says, hey, I want to meet you. And I, the majority of these guys that come, they, they're, they're, they're the Verlans of the world. They want to convince me to get on, you know, the sure. diamond and silk. Sure. Get on the train. You'd be a great member of the train. And, blah, 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 blah. and I say to them, I like car. this particular guy, I said, 
But the philosophy of what we are, of what we were built upon, the, 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 the enlightenment period where every man is as free intellectually and should be in the world to have his own rights, his own freedoms, even if they're bad. And you know what the guy said to me? I almost passed out, dude. He's like, ah, you know what? I don't really pay attention to that philosophy stuff. Oh, jeez. I said, <laughs> you know, here's how I live my life. It's always your what philosophy. What does that even mean? You don't have character if you don't have philosophy. Does he not realize that that's a philosophical statement that he's making? No. I mean, it, it, he doesn't actually realize. And I don't want to. He might be listening. I don't want to. I, I don't want to hit the mic. And I, I don't want to make him feel bad. Right. Aye. But, you know, you wouldn't know it because I look like I can't read. And I do. You do definitely look I, illiterate at first yeah, glance. But um, and I was always a kid who. I can just smell the public school coming off of you. So. Uh, yeah, I did go to public school. That's true. Grade school. And then I went to uh, St. Joe's High School. But I worked for the CIA. Back then, I used to love. They used to do books on cassette. And I used to. Go I'm sure someone them. still does in North I, Korea somewhere. Well, I'm a huge fan of Amazon Audible. I mean, you should see the library. But those books that I buy with my little prime credit are primarily about philosophy. And we think we're so advanced when, in fact, what we're doing is what tyrants have done for thousands of years. Yeah. It's and the same thing. As a society, as a group, we're still attempting a basic understanding of ourselves. We're morons who think we're very smart. That's right. And when you look at these philosophers, the Hegels, um, when you look at the John Locke, yeah. you know, and, and, you, and you look at the old timers, the Montesquieu, and you read the... Socrates. I've seen them so Socrates is good. <laughs> Socrates and is you, good. And you understand that what they were fighting for in their own language yeah. was for you. Well, you really, you. you really can divine the, the context even without knowing their story. So if you if you read like if you read Emily Dickinson's poetry, you can pretty much tell what type of life she had before ever knowing one thing about her. And it's the same thing with with guys like uh, uh, Socrates. Oh, all of them. Well, absolutely. Socrates. How about Aristotle? Even better. Yeah. Even better. Anyway, <laughs> you know, you look at the founding and you look at the documents, our actual documents that nobody reads. We all shout at each other. The Constitution. First of all, I kind of get why Madison didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. Especially when you. Read his reasoning because it didn't embody the total philosophy of liberty. This was the biggest argument these guys had back then. The Republicans and the Democrats. Can you imagine their biggest argument was which policy gave you the individual the most freedom? Yet here we are, two hundred and fifty years. Now? It's it's absurd. <laughs> We're now deciding on how much of your freedom will allow you to have. And we do it under the guy under the banner of a representative government. And in the event, the Bernie Sanders, the Michael Bloombergs, the Elizabeth Warren, the Pete Buttigieg, pick them. In the event they get this office with what they've established with the House, put a fork on us, kids. We're Venezuela. I'm not going to let that happen. So I'm going to support Trump right on Election Day. I'm going to argue with him whenever he's wrong. Yeah. And that's what everybody should do. Stick around for hour two. We'll be back hour two, baby. <laughs> Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. 
We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson. Stickler for the philosophy, there's no question about it. What are we if we don't have a philosophy? We're just lemmings, waiting for somebody we like. Got their hair all parted, dressed real nice. Kind of an older James Bond, maybe a little freaky with the magic underpants Mormon like Mitt Romney. It's the only reason this guy was ever popular. That's it. He looked the part. The substance on what Mitt Romney was wasn't much. Proved it this week. And, you know, I laugh because uh, I had a bunch of guys tell me, yeah, he doesn't like he doesn't like uh, Trump either. You know, you're getting a lot like him. He doesn't really care um, about the issues. He just has so much animosity for Trump. He's, he, he must feel the way you do about the economy. And I say, no, no. Obviously, you're a moron, number one. Number two, for those of you that remember the various radio shows and how I got here and the radio shows I participated on, I was the rare few Republican who way back when Romney announced, I said, aren't you the moron who implemented the first government health care system thrust onto a state through threats of force, penalty and persecution in Massachusetts. Yeah, I remembered you did that. Then I looked at his hands-on policy of controlling everything. All of those things we face today from the Democrats was what Mitt Romney did to the citizens of Massachusetts when he was the governor. Forgive me. I can actually read and figure out what someone's philosophy is by the policies, regardless of how nice his hair looks and if his pants are a size 34. I can actually think about it because of the philosophy that I understand our nation was built on. That's why I love the Tea Party. I thought we all could. And as the Tea Party told me at that time, shut up and get on the Mitt Romney train. I said, no dice, kids. None. So I went in and voted not good enough. Some say, oh, you gave the election to Obama. I didn't give it to him. Your stupidity gave it to him. Everybody blames the guy who doesn't fall in line. When it's rare on those occasions, when you have a guy like Mike Bloomberg come out and tell you he's selling you something. He's selling you transgender rights. He's willing to say openly, or in a closed room anyway, but out loud, you don't have your right, and neither does your daughter. You heard it from his own voice. He was a Mitt Romney Republican. It's important to recognize the similarities before we get dragged up and down into nonsense. It's also important to realize we're fighting a much, much greater threat in Bernie Sanders. On the Medicare for All, one of the provisions we have to pay for it is a 4% tax on income exempting the first $29,000. 
So the average family in America that today makes $60,000 would pay $1,200 a year. Now, I could tout the usual BS, right? Oh, Bernie's got three houses. Bernie's not down. He wrote the book for the profit. Bernie Sanders never had a job. His first job he was in his 40s was mayor. He doesn't know if it's Tuesday or July. This moron. But he is a devout socialist, and he's regurgitating the worker party nonsense, and he's got it down lockstep. And he also understands that the American citizen, especially when they identify as a Democrat, is covetous of his fellow man and has no problem using law as a spear against his fellow man. He likes the force. He likes the limitations. He likes the schemes. Well, if you make over 29, you should pay 4% of your income because he has has left the philosophy that the government has sold you on as everything is theirs and you just get to hold it for a while. How else could you justify something as immoral as a progressive tax? Immoral. As you see what government does with the money they take from you, let alone what the money they, they obligate us to pay when they borrow it. So they lost their philosophy. And here we are, 105 years later, 107 years later, after the income tax was passed, just the way Bernie Sanders wants to pass this. See, when politicians sold the income tax, they promised it would only affect 1% of the people. Now who's it affect? Now, what kind of a, a system of tyranny, of dead ends, of penalty, of extortion has it become? We're all in tax season now. You should be well aware of it. So instead of fighting the system, what these low-life politicians have understood is get you to covet each other. Get you to be mad and jealous and demonize somebody who's better at income than you are. That's how philosophies of tyranny are sold to the people. Just like Bloomberg, the Republican, wanted to sell it. Because we have lost the philosophy. He doesn't have the right to do what he's asking to do. What he's telling you he will do through law. He doesn't have the power. None of them do. What do you mean you're going to just take another 4% over 29000 Why? Well, because you're here. And you have the audacity to make over the 29000 We're going to take it. We'll only take 4%. We'll let you keep the rest. Yeah, but you're already taking 30%. You're already taking 9% in taxes when I buy something. You're already syntaxing me on things you say aren't bad, aren't good for me. But on marijuana that you say is now good for me, I can have access to that. If I pay less tax than tobacco. You understand the, the mechanisms in which they're controlling our society? They're holding you down, and when you fail, they're coddling you through the promise of holding someone else down. It's not, are you, look at where, read the documents of what our country was found in, the freedoms of your neighbor, even if you don't like them, and look at how comfortable the entire political body is in restraining citizens. I, I, I long for a day when a politician says, I don't want to do absolutely anything for anybody except guarantee your freedom. I don't want to do anything for anybody except guarantee your property rights. Moreover, your right to your own life. You know what this does to somebody who works 70 years and is taxed an extra 4%? 
You know how much money you've taken from that person? Look at this Obamacare, what it's taken from our society. All of those massive premium increases. Even if you pretend your employer pays it, look what it's stripped, the wealth it has stripped from this nation. And where are the politicians to combat it? They want to take more in the name of its failure. Telling you they have answers. That's why they must lose. They must lose. Or they must figure out a way to free us. Because the Republicans aren't figuring that way out. In fact, they're figuring out ways to control us economically, to extort us through choice, and they're touting it as success. Sad. Sad. But it sells, right? This sucks. We are doing numbers that no one would have thought possible just three years ago. Likewise, we are restoring our nation's manufacturing might. Even That's nonsense and BS. Let me tell you something right now. All you got to do is look at the data. That's nonsense and BS, especially if you understand that subsidized manufacturing is fake. Fake, fake, fake. Subsidized. When you give bailouts to farmers in numbers that would have caused an uprise in the Tea Party if Obama did it, it's fake. It's not real. You're not winning anything. You're losing. And if you wanted to destroy countries you disagreed with, you would take such advantage of their bad policies, you'd bankrupt them, which is what we were doing to China. Everybody goes, what, do you love China? No, I don't love China. But I love the, the Chinese people who are fighting the communism within their own country. We used to call it Hong Kong. You know, where, where, where the capitalism really flowed when the state allowed it to. Instead, I got Bernie Sanders talking about how great it is. They built a hospital in nine days. Not, re- not recognizing the fact that's because they did it through slave labor and torture. So, no, I don't like China. I like freedom. And I like the idea that we would break the communist hold on China because we were embracing the liberty of the individuals and showing them that's where they're they were getting pushback from their own people now we've managed to unify them this is the wrong policy but i gotta pretend it's great and i gotta pretend it's true these manufacturing numbers these unemployment numbers why do you think they don't talk about the u6 why all you hear about is the, is the u3 which we all know is cooked better than most of the democrats food it's a fraud that's at least what trump used to say because we gave up the philosophy and we're pulled off into the individual arguments. We're mesmerized by the cartoon characters selling it. It's time to fight back. It's time to fight back on principle and on philosophy. We'll be back after this. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. Everybody knows that the idea that any one of these Bolshevik socialist frauds could be in charge. And you know, it's funny, they try to paint Biden as, as middle of the road. I mean, am I the only one that remembers Biden? I mean, he used to be hawkish on, on national security stuff, but as far as middle of the road socially, no. He was, he, oh. was, he was always a fraud. Although, also, something he has always been is somebody who just sort of moves with the political winds. John McCain was the best guy in the world and the most qualified candidate for president in the world until he started running for vice president. Then John McCain was dangerous, and 
extremist and everything. I mean, you know, Biden, Biden is not a guy, much like Trump, actually. Biden is not a guy who, who is going to just stick by a set of principles. Maybe he lives by them, but I've, not politically. I've got two books going right now, okay? They're both great, by the way. What are those? So I've got Hayek's. Oh, no, I mean books. What are, what are books? Oh, I, I, no one talks about it, but Hayek made the Constitution of Liberty after the road to serfdom. But because it was based in the kind of things we talk about during this show, because it was raw based in absolute and total philosophy of the individual and liberty and what started the French Revolution and the American Revolution, it didn't get much steam because he basically said, eh, uh, everything you're, you're on path right now is against what your founders wanted. And he did it in 1960. So it really didn't do as well as it should have, but I think it's every bit as good as the road to serfdom. But my other one of the other ones I have, or the other one I have going is is Peter Schweitzer released a new one. Now, see, the thing about Peter Schweitzer is that he's a fantastic author, but he's a better investigator. So when he um, released his other book, damn it, I can't remember the name of it, and I got it. it's one of my favorite books. Remember, I was selling. I'm just it, glad you came prepared. I was on it three years ago. When he uh, when he first released it, he he released a, a follow up called Profiles in Corruption, and he's the one that broke the story of Hunter Biden and the Ukraine whole thing. But what he did that I thought was even um, more important is that he shows that Hunter or Secret Empires that's how that's the name of it, it was called Secret Empires. He shows how Joe Biden has been doing this for forty years, dude. His brothers. His one brother in particular, when he was the vice president with Obama, he his company is these phony baloney consulting companies. They carve up $750 million on an Iraq reinvestment project in profit. In profit. It was a $1.5 trillion contract. That's in profiles in corruption, abuse of power. I'll tell you, it's, it's, it, his name is Frank Biden. Frank Biden. And um, well, well, there's Jesse and Frank. One of them was involved in an accident, killed the guy, his family sued him, and never got the money. That's his other brother. I mean, you want to talk about a family These things happen. of corruption. And this is what, it's like the, the Chicago mobsters, right? They, don't, they might pretend they live in their districts like Madigan and not want you to see the mansion on the lake in Michigan or the one in Ireland, the castle, but they enrich their entire family, right? That's why Dick Durbin's... Morphodite nephew or cousin, whatever he is, is one of the biggest lobbyists. They, it's corruption via proxy, and they've got it down to a science. Well, Joe Biden has been a key participant in this for 40 years. I mean, it's ridiculous. And this, oh, this is your savior. This is Sir Lancelot, Joe Biden, the guy who, when you watch him speak, you realize he's just picking out which voice in his head to listen to because he's got multiple going on there. And some of them are real and some of them aren't. And it's either him or it's Pete Buttigieg. Came in fifth. Yeah. Fifth. Well, who knows, really? I mean, it was the Iowa caucus was not, um, shall we say, well-administered. Oh, it was, yeah, because oh, you know, Buttigieg's guy. The, well, the, yeah, uh, okay, so former was... staffers of whatever, Hillary Clinton's campaign and the Obama administration put together a... It's, it's not like it's they financed hired... by one billionaire, though. That's it's... the guy who he has the parties with. Yeah, well, it's not like... Uh, you know, there was a track record of this, uh, say, a healthcare marketplace website that didn't work after millions and millions and millions of dollars. Democrats, for all the youth appeal and, and, the, and the energy among young voters and everything, they cannot figure out technology. It's amazing. Strategically, they can. Obama was a master of using uh, uh, social media, but so is Trump. 
they, they have not found that technological edge, which you really should have when you're courting those younger voters. To take this last week in its totality and look at what the Democrats produced, dude, they are done. Done! There's no way. Because what here's the brilliance of what Trump and uh, his, his, his witch doctor Bannon did. That populist movement... It is a worker party centric. It, it it talks all of the the rights. It's almost like a union light party, and he has brought over those Democrats. And that's between those people and the people like me, who will say, you know what, he's the lesser of two evils and all the binary BS, and the and recognizing that you cannot have a Soviet in, he's going to walk. I predict a walk. You never know what's going to happen, but uh, at this point, yeah, that's a pretty they looked uh, ridiculous this week. Easy call. Well, I, you know, to be fair, I haven't seen the Democratic debate. Oh, I watched every minute of it. But I'll bet I could pretty much, from imagination, write an accurate transcript. What all of them are going to say, and and in what order, and yeah, you probably could. But it's here's, so predictable. Here's who would surprise you: Klobuchar. You could tell where the money's coming from too, because those are the groups they sort of reach out to try to desperately Tom, and awkwardly try to Tom Steyer identify with where he, he is truly the kind of guy that listen this man's 30 billion dollars 39 billion dollars he's the guy they're supposed to hate energy but, money but, but I'm going to tell you something he is the most unlikable human being you've ever come across uh, I've known a few I might no way <laughs> this guy has this undertow of contempt and hatred versus a principled stance on anything other than you can tell he's just, probably displeasant in general. Oh, like he's not. A, he's not a nice. He's not a fun guy to be around. No, he's a spiteful, yeah. rotten, yeah. mean. And here's the other thing: I wasn't impressed with his intelligence, and I do believe if you look at his trading and his positions, listen, it's undeniable. He the did guy's some made smart things. Some smart things, but you hear him speak about this green energy, you and I what? often wonder: Do these Democrats know what he did? Well, for a living and how he used the green energy movement against his enemy so that he could profit? But more to Do the they point, know that? But more to the point, does anybody know what his play is currently? Because this is a guy who knows he's not going to get the nomination, unless he's completely delusional, which is entirely possible. That would put him in league with three-quarters of the people in the desk. And Bloomberg. But, well, he's one of those people. Yeah. And so maybe he's got a play. Right? Maybe he's got a play where he's he's okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna push this and push this and push this, or it could just be he's in the same Dude, boat as the rest of them just looking for personal power. You've gotta remember the friends he's got and the sector he was in when he made his money. Right. His first declaration of an energy emer- or a, a climate emergency, that means if you, you were in business with this guy for the last thirty five years, you're an instant quadrupled your net worth. Yeah. Because what he's saying is he will do what Bernie Sanders wants to do and triple the spending and all of the money we're already wasting on this unicorn and lollipop nonsense scam called green energy. Unicorn and lollipop. And it doesn't have to be. That's the stupid thing. Nobody's against listen- clean energy. Nobody's against efficient energy. But the idea that solar and wind is going is oh, to supply 24-hour... I mean, you just... I got a, a kid I grew up with. He's in the wind. He was a, this, this guy... He's in the wind. <laughs> He's in the wind is right. But he advocates how it's such a great business play. And it's just wonderful. Yeah, it's turned and out well a brilliant thing. so far. Because he's in on the, bullshit, uh, the BS. Yeah. Well, I got close, but I didn't you say came it. came very close. Yeah, but I didn't say it. He's in on it, and, and it's so subsidized. The towers are so ridiculous. I, I posted an article this week yeah. about how they can't recycle the 
the nonsense, right. the wings. You know, and he goes, oh, that's absolutely true. They couldn't recycle it. Well, how are they going to do it? Well, there's chemicals and stuff. You go, oh, is that good for the earth? So we're going to lay it in there, and All then let's put some, some, some erosive chemicals. Advanced recycling, battery production, uh, the process of making the giant uh, blades for the windmills. People who have seen these things on TV but not in person don't realize these things are the length of semi-trailers. If you ever oh, see these blades one get blade moved, they are over. freaking enormous. They're like, yeah. like 75 feet long or more. Yeah. And those can't be recycled, so they end up stacked up at landfills. And the things generate no profit. None. They don't they, pay for themselves by the for way, 22 they, years. They, they have to be replaced before they can before pay for themselves. Before they can pay for themselves. Yeah. It, what a scam. That's why. So you've got the people like Steyer who are in on the scam. And you've got the well-intended lunatics like those bimbos who handcuffed themselves to the Chrysler at the auto show yesterday. Did you see those morons? No. Oh, my word. Oh, but I wish I had. But that the animals, they, so they're, they're protesting animal abuse. They handcuffed themselves to a Chrysler. Listen, honey, get yourself off the publicly funded and subsidized car, will you please? Or at least pick something that's not going to break down, like yeah. their arguments. Like a Toyota. Get something. That Chrysler, that stands for everything you people are for. Ridiculously overpriced union assemblage. Absolute and total failed product. They suck. And by the way, it's completely subsidized by the people, and it pretends to be good for the environment. That is your gemstone, the Chrysler. Ridiculous. Are you all filled up on stupid or are you thirsty for more? That's the real slogan for the Democrat Party. We'll be back after this. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it, people like me. Now, back to the Liberty Hour. Call Sean now at 312-642-5600. You know, I'm reading, uh, in between the breaks, I like to read the news. Pelosi's daughter, I saw her say it, too, about the ripping up of the the speech. It's an Italian grandma move. Get the hell out of here. I hate when you hide behind. It's her mom. You know what an Italian grandma move? I mean, who, Mussolini's Italian grandma? Yeah. What are you talking about? I actually don't mind Pelosi's daughter so much. I don't agree with her on a whole bunch, but but she she went head to head with her mom and caused I think a little bit of friction when she made because she made a, a sort of semi flattering uh, documentary. documentary about Bush. It was very good, by the way. It was actually excellent. You know, yeah. I just watched it this week. Did you? Yeah, I haven't seen it, it probably since it came out. It came out in two thousand two. It's HBO. Okay, I thought so. And um, she was very. Yeah, good. no, that was that was quite a while ago. But yeah, that was it. it was fair handed and. And you know what's funny? She showed that thing. Now, as you know, I think George W. Bush, when you add up the the things that he did against liberty and against capitalism, it was terrible. But as a person, I think he was a great guy. Yeah, and I don't is. think he had a bad intention. History's starting to judge him a little easier. Well, listen... Call me crazy, but because of the waste between the wars and the oh, and yeah. the and There's the bills that stripped us of our rights and the tarp and no, you know, right. but you know, I could feel that. But he, this documentary that we're referring to, yeah. really shows that side of him. Yes, where he is just he was well intended and a little bit over his head. Oh, and when he came in, so now this is a question I don't think I've ever even asked you, and we're going off on the side, but whatever. It's all right. It's only radio. So, you know, think about the 2000 candidacy, right? Remember it well, What brother. Bush was talking about, uh, getting away from nation building, concentrating on domestic economy, all this other stuff. You think, without 9-11, right? So let's say 9-11 never happens, and without even, like, Enron and all that. So, so take away and just have a normal sort of 
standard, you know, run of the mill economy for him. How well do you think his presidency? He goes, goes? down as one of the greatest presidents ever. That really that was a hell of an agenda going into the 2000 election. He had the stock market crash. I don't like what they did with McCain, but uh, well, he had the stock. Well, listen, and if you listen to what he ran on, yeah, he ran as an absolute free market capitalist, yes. as a non-interventionist. Yeah, he his foreign policy sounded a lot like Trump's. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And he didn't wasn't in nation building. In fact, there was a specific debate with him and Al Gore, and Al Gore was running as a compassionate conservative. You know that you go back twenty bit, years. That's that Tennessee. Both parties were running under fiscal control and fiscal conservatism. And do you know why? You remember why? Because you're coming out of the Clinton years where all of that worked really well. Now credit due to admit or uh, to admit right. Due, he was uh, the Newt, reciprocal Newt of, Ging- of Newt Gingrich was was really the architect of a lot of that, but. You're coming out of a Southern Democrat, eight years, popular despite impeachment. You get all these things going for you. He's a fiscal conservative, welfare reform, you know, all of that stuff. And you, so, yeah, that's what America wanted. And you know what's funny? That's why I'm such an advocate of absolute and total free market. When you go back to what Ronald Reagan was, the Ronald Reagan revolution is what we're still dealing with, the ramifications of how great those were. Yeah. And we've continued to, to impede... The real progress with each administration after him, yeah. both in his vice president, Bill Clinton, absolutely set up things that were destroyed. He was dragged into continuing some of the Reagan legacy. Yeah. And George W. Bush destroyed the kind of civil rights that Reagan was trying to reestablish. Right. It's very funny when you really look at it and pan back. I was talking to a buddy of mine who's about 10 years older than me, right? So I was born in, in 1982. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, could almost be my I'm, kid. I'm coming up on yeah. 38. Um, if I were your kid, you'd be dead by now, I think. Uh, just you'd at, be, you'd, you'd at least be bald. You'd have better genes, but go ahead. Uh, well, you know, there's a Wrangler. They're pretty comfortable. Um, you know, but I was talking to him, and we were just talking about, you know, 10 years really in the scheme of things isn't much difference, right? He's 48, I'm 38. But we were talking about all the real differences from when we were kids, because when you're younger, those differences are huge. Completely different set of toys three years later well, than you would have had. But, but you know, yeah. the point is he was talking about how he's been a Republican. He's frustrated with Trump and all that. And, um, and I told him actually to listen to this show, specifically the, tonight. Well, there know. will never be but, a Trump yuppie. He, he equated it to a relationship, right? He said, so Reagan was his sort of introduction. That was his first date, being a Republican. Everything was perfect. Three hours in the bathroom, yeah. you, know, every, you know, her breath smells good, lipstick's perfect, hair's perfect. And by the time he got to George W. Bush, you know, she, she's got a kid. And she still makes herself up wow. nice, and that, and now, and now he's looking at the Republican Party, and she's sitting there with a, with a pack of parliaments, um, watching uh, game shows all day. <laughs> all right, I that's, guess that's you the way that was his, not mine. Yeah, that was his, well, you know. And so he's he's less than enamored with the Republican Party at this point. Yeah, I get it, but he, you know, I, I get it. But here's here's what I took away from that whole the difference between the two. The '80s Republican was really a product of the Goldwater Liberty Revolution within a very flawed, corrupt Republican Party. It lasted for exactly one president. The, the things that Reagan did, not he didn't do everything perfect. A lot of the bad things he did were when he capitulated to the policies of his vice president, who he didn't like, didn't want to take. The, 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 the Democrats make fun of Reaganomics and trickle down. That was all taken from Bush, who believed in the very collectivism that we now see as the 
foundation of the Republican Party. So we've reverted, and we need another revolution based in rights and liberty and freedom. And if you think I'm wrong, Macbeth, let's talk about this ridiculousness of celebrating a union-strong MCA when we get back. Mexico-Canadian-American trade agreement. Trump's accomplishment would have been very good under a Democrat president. Sean from Elmwood Park. You're listening to The Liberty Hour with Sean Thompson. Get on the line with Sean by calling 312-642-5600. So people always uh, like, why are you so against this policy and these policies and this this control of government or control of the citizen via penalty of taxation because it's not freedom, right? This is why when we talk about when people go, well, what's the difference? He's the next Reagan. It's nothing like Reagan. That being said, is he better than the Democrats? Absolutely, and he better win. Let's get it all out on the table. He better win. I need him to win. For the sake of the country, we need him to win. There's no question about it. But we need him to correct himself, too. Because you know what? 40 years of a, of a boom in our economy isn't traceable to anything other than the unleashing of freedom like Reagan. The difference between Reagan and Trump is simple. One believed in the freedom and rights of you, one doesn't. That's it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a policy so similar to the Democrats as penalizing you economically and controlling you by your income. And that's not to say that he hasn't stood up for some of your rights. It's just to say that if it wasn't politically expedient, he wouldn't be. Right. I mean, he does what, he does what uh, a lot of scoundrels who cheat on their wife do. They come home with flowers and they tell her how pretty she is. And to be fair to him, he's playing the, the game that was, that yeah. was laid out there when he got to the court. And I'll tell you another thing. I think he, he would. I think if somebody could explain it to him, instead of rah rah, Peter Navarro, the Democrats' p- f- philosophy, and and Steve Mnuchin's c- corporatism, well, he see, would correct it. That's that's where the the sort of you know narcissistic the spending and well, debt and money printing. And, this and is not, not Reagan, system, but also the sort of insecurity comes when you really need those people to just be around you. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's one thing to get. You know, bolstered by it. It's another thing to need it. And I could hear the people in their car going, Reagan spent, he spent on the military. I understand that, but it was the Cold War. A little different. And he also spent wisely. And also, um, for about five years prior to that, they had been shrinking our military down quite severely. But it's only seven years or six and a half years removed from the end of Vietnam that that Reagan took, or that Reagan was elected. And and then another few months, but, you know, Carter canceled the B-1, said we're going to go for tomahawks. Instead, Reagan said we're going for both. Well, of course, that's an expenditure. Yeah. You've just increased the amount of programs you're doing. So Reagan had, as his economic philosopher, or his economic um, assistant or consultant or White House advisor, Milton Friedman. Trump's got Peter Navarro. Now, I'm going to show you the difference because it's important. Because when this is collapses, and it will collapse as all frauds do, has to eventually. don't fix it with more Peter Navarro and more... Uh, a Trump trade and more nonsense, more collectivism. Do me a favor and play Reagan on uh, NAFTA because this is says everything, really. We live on a continent whose three countries possess the assets to make it the strongest, most prosperous and self-sufficient area on Earth. Within the borders of this North American continent are the food, resources, technology and undeveloped territory which properly managed could dramatically improve the quality of life of all its inhabitants. 
It's no accident that this unmatched potential for progress and prosperity exists in three countries with such long-standing heritages of free government and so a developing closeness among Canada, Mexico, and the United States. A North American accord would permit achievement of that potential in each country beyond that which I believe any of us, strong as we are, could accomplish in the presence or the absence, I should say, of such cooperation. You know what I'm not hearing there? Somebody saying, hey, we should just have one currency for the entire North America. How about the entire American uh, sphere of it? And the reason uh, he didn't want to do that, and the reason he wouldn't have agreed with a, with a trade agreement that made certain foreign workers were paid in American dollars and triple what they were, is because he knew we would reap the greatest reward because we could take advantage of the arbitrage in currency value. Well, yeah, you get, and it you would get be, cheaper products, you can have a higher standard of life. And it would be a blow to the organized labor mafia called unions. There's something very troubling about the fact yeah. Democrats are cheering the USMCA because Richard Trumpka approves of it. Of course. Richard Trumpka came is set. a fat, useless, wannabe gangster. Believe me, this is, and I, I, people go, oh, would you say that? I only wish I could say it to his chubby face. I really do, because I don't like pretend mobsters extorting Americans in the name of a very specific few who are disincentivized from achieving and who are guaranteed protection for incompetence. We call those union labor. Sorry, it's just the way it is. And all of you union members... It's not true about every guy, but, they, but it absolutely is But true, the union so. members know I'm right, because this isn't a new experiment. The good union workers know that they're disincentivized to achieve. They know that they're told to go on break. They know that they're told to not work too fast. They know that they're told to produce a very minimum amount of effort at a very high pay. Otherwise, they wouldn't have every business agent's moron cousin be the first guy on the job when there's a new job. Right. It's labor mafia and nothing more. This is 2020, not 1950, where we got to pretend we don't see what the reality is. And they've only gotten more desperate because union membership has dropped precipitously. Oh, we were kicking their teeth in because of Reagan. Now, it, what Trump does strengthens them. But to be fair, a lot of that is due to the decline of Detroit, uh, which really could have been foreseen if you're if you're going into NAFTA. But there was an opportunity there. If you're the state of Michigan or if you're the city of Detroit, your first opportunity or your first obligation is to foresee it yourself. Get that new investment going already, because make, you had to know that you know that monopoly of car business. And make was it not easy last. for those corporations to come into this country and manufacture without being extorted through law to and uh, to put in union members, whether they're building the facility or whether they want to operate it. The government comes in with its iron fist and extorts the manufacturer. What killed American manufacturing isn't competition. It's organized American labor mafia unions. Each and every time, the answer is collectivism. Yet, for some reason, we keep turning to it for an answer. It's not the answer. Liberty and freedom. Capitalism is the answer. Not managed populism scheme. Yeah, I'm talking to you, fat Benny. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. It's aggravating to me because I do agree with so many of the policy positions. It's aggravating that the main one I disagree with is the one that really affects each and every American. But look, can you imagine if one of these 
radicals got in. The irony, Bernie Sanders, he cares so much about us. You're all, health care is a right. And then we kill the kids. It's, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Anytime people start adding, really trying to add rights um, that really didn't exist before, you need to, you, there, there's always a cause and effect. There's always an ebb and flow. There's always a ripple. There's always someone who's being removed from either their hard-fought labor. Like when you talk about, well, health care is a human right. Okay, what does that make a doctor? Does that make a doctor slave. a slave? Yeah. Or does that make a doctor a public servant? You're doing or does too much that make thinking. a doctor? I mean, come on. How dare you pan back and think of ramifications? I know I'm a troublemaker. You're a troublemaker, damn it. Yeah. It's almost as ridiculous not approved as a bartender who's now a congresswoman telling me people can't pull themselves up from their bootstraps. That is somewhat ironic. And did you hear this moron? Yeah. Moron. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And you know what the saddest part is? She's a up and coming star of the Democrat Party. Well, yeah, I, I think maybe on the outside, um, but inside, you know Pelosi's inner core um, is just looking for a way to get her primaried, get her removed. You Sadly. Can't, you can't do that, and you can't turn on that sort of, you know, that part of your, or your party during a, an election like this, but you certainly can in the next midterm, and uh, I think that's what you'll see. And you know what, Macbeth? Sadly, the only thing that can really save us from the socialist Democrats are the corrupt corporatist Democrats. Yeah. That, I mean, really, that is kinda, yeah. isn't that what it proves? Well, and, and they have shown themselves to be able to manipulate their own primary system, to be able to uh, regulate who who uh, gets leadership positions and who doesn't and have a central core of power. The Republicans have been you it's, know, it's, far less organized. It's like when, when Wall Street bought Obama like a Madison Avenue hooker. Yeah. And he just said, okay, you guys, you know what? Let's keep going. They gave more money to him than they had to uh, any president. And he gave it back to them. Yeah, he did. Just like right now what's happening. Nobody's talking about that. Boy, these are good times to be on Wall Street. Huh? Stock market's way up. Well, but you don't you don't say that, Sean. That's not approved speech. What you need to say is <laughs> your 401K is kicking butt. And to understand that what we're witnessing is the true culmination of absolute corruption. Yeah. Of, of, of what used to be something that had a certain amount of purpose. Do you know why stock markets exist? Because corporations viewed that as a, as a loan yeah. and equity so that people would understand if they did better, you'd do better. Yeah. Stock, a stock is just the currency of that company, well, and, and that's think, all it is. If you think about what was going on. It doesn't mean it. anything for people who don't have the currency. I mean, of course, 2008 was a, sort of a bubble burst, but we can kind of trace that back to it. But 1929 was a straight-up stock market crash, right? People were margin buying. They were 10% equity on, on, you know, and then they're, they're, you know, you still owed the original purchase price, even though it was worth 5% when you bought it for 10%. Now you have people, I think, I'm not sure, I don't know anybody personally, but I've heard it anecdotally, who are taking money out of the equity of their homes and, and pumping it into stock portfolios. Only the ones who have a real good salesman that are telling them to do it. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same thing, though. You're, what you're doing is investing on debt. And ironically. And it's the same danger. The stock market is the ramification of a very protectionist, populist, trade war policy of Herbert Hoover. Herbert Hoover. Very much. It, I mean, it, it just, things don't happen instantaneously. Even though we're yeah. a microwave nation, the ramification of policies take 5 to 10 to 20 years. Yeah. So that's why... You know, and that's what Trump understood. What gave Obama those phony numbers? A corrupted Fed that was willing to save his derriere every time he needed it. So Trump just made it better by extorting him first. He's telling him to print first. 
Nobody talks about what's going on with the repo market. Every night, they're printing billions. Well, look at the stock market's up. So's the debt clock. Anybody want to look at that son of a gun we don't talk about anymore? Take a look at the debt clock and the interest we're paying to who exactly? Who gets that money? Not you, sucker. Welcome to populism. It's almost as bad as socialism, but it's still got to win in November. I've had a good time. Oscar Stink. I have to go home. I have to go home. I have to go home. I have to go home.